Most people don't know, but there were some bad years in there for, for me personally, that those Thursday nights became a much needed positive in my life. And it kept pushing me forward. Even though we've never met in person, I have formed a connection with Tony and Josh. And I miss those weekly recording sessions as Tony and Josh always cheered me up. I do miss the banter with the XJ guys. However, in the best interest of the podcast, and as my life changes, I must adapt. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Doc Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, turn it up and drive during the Jeep Celebration event at South Fork Jeep. Call 1-800-LOW-PRICE right now to get a lifetime warranty and 0% financing for 72 months on new Jeep Grand Cherokees. Shop the fastest growing dealer in Texas at SouthForkDodge.com. That's SouthForkDodge.com. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never drive anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Jeeps, of course. Jeep, Jeeps. Be anything else. We've never done that before. We're not known to go <laughs> off on rabbit trails or anything like that, are we? Hey, uh, hello, my fellow Jeeper. Hello, my fellow Jeep-loving human, as it were. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about some stuff for your Jeep that you can't buy. <laughs> I'll also talk about some really cool stuff you can buy in Tech Talk, and we're going to hear about two big off-road names coming together. I've got a story that's going to turn your stomach. No, seriously, th- this one's a doozy. And we're Ugh. even going to talk about first-time upgrades later in the show. You, the listener. Howdy, it's Wendy, and I'm sharing how after 25 hours and 10 major trails later, I'm exhausted. But I still have a smile on my face. Hey, it's Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama here, doing a little reflecting and missing Tony and Josh. Reflecting and echoing. <laughs> Hi, this is uh, Tony, and uh, I have almost 1,000 miles on the Gladiator. And, and speaking of the Gladiator, we're going to do something a little bit different in the Gladiator segment uh, this week. It won't be about the Skip Gladiator it. at all. Oh. I it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help it. Couldn't be helped. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Job Security. After that last comment, I probably don't have any. Now, hello, my fellow... <laughs> No, hey, uh, you know, this all sounds cool and everything, but uh, when can we get them here in the U.S.? Now, what am I talking about here? Well, as we all know, the Jeep Gladiator JT is having one heck of a success story. And no, I'm not talking about Tony's specific JT. Thank goodness. Not too many models over the years have hit the ground running quite as much as the Gladiator has. Don't believe me? Well, here's the cold hard facts. Jeep sold just over 77,500 Gladiators in 2020. Good just God! Alone. Yeah, that's a lot oh out of the roads. God. Now, in 2019, Jeep sold 40,037 Gladiators. Let me do the math for you. That's a 37,000 more unit up, uh, increase in 2020 compared to 2019 with a percent gain of 93% year over year. So, yes, the JT is a very popular truck and people are buying them. And the online retail sites are showing the love with an avalanche of aftermarket parts already here. 
Now, of course, as we all know, if you buy a new Jeep and want to keep the warranty on that new Jeep, you need to use authentic Jeep brand parts. So why, with all the great sales figures, would Jeep offer two accessory packages that aren't available here in the States? However, if you buy a Jeep in the Philippines, you can have your pick of these two different upgrade packages. Your first choice is called the Basic Kit, which gives your Gladiator a set of running boards, 7-inch LED headlamps, and 4-inch LED daytime running lamp fog lamps for 162,000 pesos, or just over 3,300 bucks. For those who want a little bit more out of their upgrade packages, you can opt for the brand's Advanced Kit. This package comes with the same upgraded lighting package as the Basic Kit, but adds front and rear grab handles, a steel front bumper, and removable rack, for 174,000 pesos, or just over $3,600. Now, I don't know about you, but that all sounds like things that a lot of Gladiator owners here in the States would like to have access to. Absolutely. Why these specific option packages aren't being offered in the U.S. is unknown. But if we get answers to this, to this question, we'll be sure to let you know. Either you two have any theories on this? I think because they know that we'll buy the stuff, so they make extra money. It's too easy. It's like More. shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, when you said Philippines, only available in the Philippines, I thought you were going to say penicillin. So, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not we sure exactly. We just started the show, and that's uh, where Tony goes already. already. Hey! I've, uh, <laughs> I've checked the stats. We have zero listens in the Philippines, so we should be good. Okay. Okay, <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So, I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious why Jeep has decided that in, in a market that is just being dominated with with the JT, why they wouldn't offer these kind of packages to to uh, a demographic or you know a sales um, uh, aspect that you know everybody could get in on, and it would seem like a lot of these would be things that people would want or want options uh, for at least. So you know why they're only being offered in the Philippines, I don't know. I'd like to find the answer out to that, or at least to find out the answer is the Philippines a test market for other things? Are, are we going to see them here in the states eventually? but not until Jeep has their way with their test markets. I don't know how any of that, how any of that works. If we had somebody inside Jeep who could let us know about something like that, that would be awesome. But as it is right now, um, emails are not being returned. So I, we'll, think, uh, we'll, I think you might know the answer if we knew how many sales of the Jeep, uh, the JTs were in the Philippines. I, I, it can't be more than here in the States. No, right? that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm thinking because if there's a problem getting parts and things, it might be better to sell it someplace where you can, uh, uh -huh. you get enough parts to sell it than here and having about, you know, 70,000 people going, what the hell? Why am I going to get this stuff? Why can't I get this? They can get part. it in the Philippines, but they can't get it here. What's wrong with you people? You know? So yeah. that's what I'm thinking because there's a lot of places that aren't, uh, that don't have, uh, every, everything's on back order. Uh, it, was everything on that boat that went sideways in the canal? I, 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 I don't gonna, know. <laughs> I was just, I was just literally just Google searching Suez Canal to Philippines. Was, yeah, how well, far away what was is the content? That was, a, okay. that was a big you know, ass maybe, boat, man. Maybe the Philippines are a lot closer to the Suez Canal, and they decided, you know what? Just take the container off, get it on a truck, just ship it over. You know, it'll be faster that way. It'll, it'll just go to the Philippines. It was in the AAA tow range, so they just took it to the Philippines. <laughs> Well, how about this? The two uh, two very big off-road uh, names are coming together. Uh, we have a big off-road app and Jeep joining forces. Two of the most trusted names in off-roading, really, and the Jeep brand and OnX Off-Road, the industry's leading off-road navigation app, have launched a program empowering Jeep Wave customers and Jeep brand enthusiasts to get off the pavement and venture off-road more than they ever have before. And here's how. 
The Jeep brand and its industry-exclusive Jeep Wave customer care program are always looking for new ways to provide benefits to its Jeep 4x4 owners. Now, through a collaboration with OnX, all Jeep owners with 2021 model year Jeep vehicles will receive six months of elite access to the OnX Off-Road app. The robust GPS mapping technology of OnX Off-Road is built for off-roaders by off-roaders. Upon opening the app, both beginner and expert off-roaders are immersed in a world of possibilities, discovering over 550,000 trail miles and over a half a million different recreation points like campsites and scenic vistas. I don't know about you, but when my Jeep is out on the trail, you know, I opt to run premium, clear, non-ethanol fuel if I can find it. The Jeep just seems to idle smoother, have more pep, and the tank lasts longer when I'm wheeling. Well, now the OnX app will show you where the non-ethanol fuel stations are so you too can get the most out of each tank. And don't worry if over a half a million trail miles is overwhelming to you, certainly is to me, the app allows users to plan things out using the trip planning features. These allow users to review trail descriptions, assess difficulty levels, and even duration of the trail. You can even check out trail route photos. Reliable offline maps gives uh, the users the freedom to rally off pavement and get home safely, safely even without cell service. By sharing customized waypoints and tracks, Jeep 4x4 owners can invite their friends along for the adventure and mark places they don't want to forget. Now, through the Jeep Wave Customer Care Program, the Jeep's brand premium owner loyalty program, available to the entire 2021 model year Jeep brand lineup, Jeep owners can enjoy a six-month trial of Onyx Off-Road Elite, the industry's leading off-road app. At the end of six months, the cost of Onyx Off-Road Premium and Onyx Off-Road Elite are just $30 and $100, respectively. Well worth the price for the features you get. So there's a, a little-known feature on uh, on this app where they show the trail. If, if it captures any off-road vehicles on the trail, it has a filter that will automatically apply if you check the box. So if it's a Toyota, it'll make it look like a Jeep. You know? Oh, perfect. If it's, yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> if it's anything non-Jeep, it'll make it look like a Jeep. Except, in, in elite, except for a Hummer. An H1, it leaves leaves the way it was. <laughs> right. In the Elite version, I think yeah, there's a there's another drop-down menu that you can turn any color back to red. Exactly. If not, oh. they need to suggest it. <laughs> if not, <laughs> oh, developers man. are getting a strongly worded email this week. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, do either of you have uh, have any real access or uh, experience, rather, with this app? Have you seen it or used it or know somebody who is using it? Not here. Um, I have not. We use uh, Tracks, I think it's called, and it has all the. We it's like it's like a GPS program, but we track everything we do. We can do waypoints, kind of what they're probably talking about, but. A lot of the a lot of the apps out there. I've used a couple of them, and I it's been it's been a while since I since I fired them up. I just typically don't need to use them because I'm typically on in on trail systems that I'm familiar with. So sure, um, yeah, it, it's it's not something that I that I use all the time. Now that being said, uh, once I start getting out of state uh, with my wheeling, that's going to be a little bit different, and I'll be you know using something like this. But the apps that I have used have similar features in the sense that you can do the breadcrumbs thing and see where you've been so you can backtrack, get back to the staging area in an unfamiliar area or something along those lines or other things like uh, setting waypoints and inviting others to, you know, join the the same trail system that you have. Um, outside of that, the picture taking feature and, and you know, being able to uh, uh, see different waypoints along that trail and different obstacles and stuff like that, I think is very cool. Also, the um, the difficulty level and duration of the trail, having that information uh, and, of course, the entire uh, uh, trip planning 
uh, aspect of the app. That's like unlike anything anybody else is offering right now. And so if you wanted to plan a trip to, say, the Rubicon or something like that, this lays it out for you. You can plan which, tra- you know, which part of the trail you want to go to. Uh, how you're going to run it, how long it's going to take you, how difficult it's going to be, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's really going to help you out. So, uh, and Tony, you being a 2021 Jeep owner, I would think that uh, you yeah. might want to experiment with this it just for, uh, you know, grins and giggles, if nothing else. Yeah, I have to look at it. I was uh, I'm kind of surprised I didn't mention it, but there was a, a lot of information dumped on me when I went to go pick up the Gladiator. That damn Deadpool. Always. <laughs> I was just going to say. More on a, on a piece of cake than what the, you know, proper information. Yeah. Son of a... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> and he kicking probably told Tony, for, but like Tony no, said, that's there was so it. much it's, information, yeah. he completely missed it. Yeah. Oh, I don't need that. No, but uh, but cool stuff nonetheless. And if any of you guys out there are using the Elite uh, feature of this, maybe you're a veteran user of Onyx Off-Road Elite, uh, we'd like to, to hear what your, uh, what your review of this app might be uh, and what you think of it. Uh, call into the show and let us know. Well, no Jeep owner should go out like this. Uh, I personally believe that that Jeepers are a different breed of human. We're all cut from a similar cloth that has brought us together in various forms, whether it be similar choices and customization of our Jeeps or the fact that we all hear nature's call and long to get our Jeeps out into the wilderness. Maybe it's the shared deep down willingness to just want to help others. You'll be hard pressed to find a bad Apple Jeeper out there, but no, they are out there nonetheless. Now, even the story that we had uh, weeks, months ago, whatever it was, about an alleged jeeper throwing a dog out of a moving jeep in a busy intersection, it doesn't deserve what happened to the victim of this story. I'm going to pause here for a second and warn you that the following story contains graphic descriptions and sensitive listeners may not want to hear some of the content. A set of dismembered remains were found at a property in Georgia, and they have been identified recently following the suspected killer's arrest in South Carolina. 33-year-old Christopher Colin Demon was charged with malice murder on Saturday. The victim has now been identified as 29-year-old Justin Yang Zhang of Eatonton, Georgia. Zhang's remains were reportedly found decomposing inside of at least one bag described as a large job site cleanup bag or industrial garbage bags. Investigators say that it was Zhang's modified yellow Jeep that eventually led officials to the gruesome crime scene. Days before Zhang's remains were discovered, Demon was arrested in South Carolina after he allegedly blocked two lanes of a roadway with the stolen Jeep. An incident report from the Aiken County Sheriff's Office states that Demon was found wandering the roadway on foot in an excited state and his pupils to be pinpoint. Investigators allegedly discovered a bloody chainsaw in the back of that Jeep that, according to investigators, still had tissue clinging to parts of it. Demon has previously been arrested in Florida for crimes including grand theft, burglary and credit card fraud he has already served three and a half years behind bars in that state for his previous crimes the charge of malice murder is one specific to the state of georgia and it applies to murder committed with express or implied malice to the victim what relation these two individuals had is still unknown either way i'm sure justin was one of the good ones and despite his failing i'm sure he didn't deserve to be dismembered by a chainsaw and left to rot in some cast aside garbage bags Anybody who knows either of these two men or has any information about this case is urged to call the GBI's re- Regional Investigative Office in, in Milledgeville or the Hancock County Sheriff's Office. Wow, that's that's pretty uh, pretty Not interesting and sad. Not much more you can sad. say about that than wow, huh? Yeah, this is this <laughs> is one of those that I, I know that it, it's not really Jeep news, but this is a Jeeper who suffered a crime that I don't think anybody deserves. Uh, and and it's, uh, it just, you know, goes to show 
you know, we've, we've preached here on the show about situational awareness and, and safety and, and all that sort of stuff. Again, I don't know the details about why this happened or how it came to be, uh, whether there was some sort of, uh, you know, altercation off-road or if these guys even knew each other, if there was a, a Jeep jacking involved, you know, anything like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, so the circumstances leading up to this are, are completely uh, unknown and, and all we can do is speculate. Uh, with that being said, uh, it's horrific nonetheless and, and shouldn't have happened to, to any Jeeper, uh, regardless of, of whatever they had done or didn't do. It sounds like this person is, uh, uh, you know, the person who committed this crime is a mentally unstable person who has a history of a lot of crime. Uh, they've been in and out of jail, apparently, and, and certainly have a, a decent rap sheet going. Uh, so who knows uh, what's going on up in that head? Clearly a, a life of bad decisions. So, uh, you know, again, if, you, if you, either of you know these names, anybody out there knows these names, uh, be sure to, you know, contact the authorities, let them know what you get, what you know, uh, and, uh, and just, you know, be aware, people, uh, you know, be aware of what's going on around you. I tell you what, that's got a, that's a large level of commitment to uh, take a chainsaw or somebody. Seriously. That's, uh, that's, that, that would be rough. Uh, I mean, even if you worked uh, 24-7 in a, uh, a butcher shop, I think that'd be rough. Well, I mean, not only that, the, the, the act of, you know, then taking your work and putting it into garbage bags. I mean, it's just like, just a lot of, a lot of, you know, bad in this story. And, and I, I just, I don't, uh, it's, it's nothing that I, I would wish upon anybody or, or hope that that happens on a regular basis. Goodness. Um, but, you know, who knows how often this sort of stuff happens and we just don't hear about it. So I would, uh, if anybody uh, has run across anybody that uh, has a strong smell of bleach, you might want to talk to, tell the, tell the, large the, bags uh, of lye in the back <laughs> truck, you know, in the yeah. back truck. No, oh, don't uh, use uh, that. That perver- preserves the body. So you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or even by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we'll be discussing some options to improve the reverse light function of the Jeep Gladiator JT pickup. I uh, I probably will be doing some of these, although, yeah, you know, those things, I didn't get the LED light package, so I don't think those things are LEDs, but uh, Mm. yeah, I want to blind somebody when I'm backing up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to have some options for you, so stay tuned. Yes. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Now, Wendy, you're going to love this, because this has to uh-huh. do with uh, with last week, and with your no, with your no sleep, you're really going to love this. I'm going to love it. So, uh, as you guys know, and I don't know if all, all our listeners know or not, but uh, whenever we produce the show and uh, publish it, uh, a copy of it gets put onto our YouTube channel. Now, it's just a static image. There's no video with it, but th- it has all the same audio that you get whenever you download it on your phone or wherever you listen to it. So uh, we, we do have a few people that like uh, watching, if you will, the show on YouTube. So it's, it's, uh, it's posted there. Anyway, we got a comment from uh, last week's show from Brett S. He said... Wendy could sh- could use some knowledge from a tenderfoot scout before preaching outdoor skills. Okay. So instead of just uh, uh, asking Brett, uh, "Hey, what does the S stand for?" I uh, I said, uh, <laughs> "Well, like what? Oh. I mean, what? 
<laughs> what does the <laughs> no no seriously we love hearing back from people so i'm I'm just i'm just poking fun at brett uh you know what exactly did she miss what you know what uh, what would have you what would you have added and mm-hmm. um and here's what he said i mean we got a uh instead of just an attack we got some uh some useful information uh nothing wrong with the rock ring fire it should be about tending to it and correctly putting fires out then leaving the spot nicely for others to enjoy the majority of earth people still cook and live around campfires without manufacturing fire rings and high price trail rigs. Another note about the show, no one should be uh, be putting collars on anybody or placing them on uh, backboard without training. Oh, the, the neck collars. Uh, yeah, that was the episode before. Yeah, training first and safety equipment second. Uh, and work with local EMS to see what equipment you should have. Cool. Wendy, take it away. All right. Well, first off, I, I think I'd agree with you that you do need to tend to and correctly put fires out. But as my episode was focusing on was our trails up here are being closed because people are doing these fire rings. They're not putting them out correctly and tending to them. And we're having the possibility of everything getting shut down and us not being able to do that. So I do agree that if you don't how to tend to it and correctly put it out, it might be good. But in our local mountains, there are no fires allowed, period, without being an actual campsite. So I really appreciate the input. And I love when listeners actually call in. And you know what, guys? This is great because they're actually listening to my segment now. So that's kind of cool that we got some response. Um, two and of also them. If you, but this means they yeah, listen to two of them, right? To two of my episodes. I'm really excited. And the other one, too, I did mention about training and getting trained first. Of course, we would listen to EMS. We would never expect anybody to just instantly try to take care of it. But in this situation of the story that I talked about with Becky, you know what? They had to make changes. I was not there. They did not have that. I'm simply stating that I would be looking at possibly adding these two items into my kit. But I do have trauma training. And I am experienced in making some of those decisions. So I love the input. Thank you, Brett. Appreciate the comments. Glad you're listening, too. Thank you so much. One might say not listening close enough, though, but I'm not going to be that <laughs> <laughs> No, I, hey, absolutely. Least, yeah. No, yeah, we were ahead. talking about, you know, uh, uh, out on the, in the wilderness and, you know, you're, you're, you know, 150 miles from anything on a, on a big overlanding uh, expedition or something like that. And you're, you know, in the middle of a high plains desert or something. Uh, no, we're not, we're not talking about those kinds of improv- improvised fire rings. Wendy was right. specifically talking about the kinds of fires that are adjacent and off of trail systems that are more or less illegal fires. Um, and it typically in, in the Northwest where we had a horrific fire season last year, uh, I mean, it was almost half the state was evacuating here in Oregon. Um, and so, I mean, California is bad every year with wildfires (laughs) and they're talking about this year being even worse. So, you know, every possible opportunity we can uh, use to, to uh, educate people and, and to bring up awareness about, you know, when and where you should have fires and the proper way to both, you know, deal with them and, and all that sort of stuff. And we do highlight on that, on, on that kind of stuff. But, but thank you nonetheless for, for reaching out yeah. to us and, and, and calling us out. We always encourage all of you out there. If, you, if we say something, we miss something, we don't elaborate on something, uh, you know, Please. quite enough yeah. for you. Please let us know because we're here to provide uh, the best information that we can to you, to you, the listeners. And uh, if there's something we miss, let us know. We'll go ahead and correct it. Yep. 
All right. Well, let's start with Noogie nu- uh, Newbie Nuggets, right? Oh, I thought we were done. We just- <laughs> no. <laughs> well, so we when you, are, you went on a, on a big, huge run recently, 24 plus hours or something like that. Tell us about this, this, this big, huge run that you just did. Yeah, well, last week on episode 492, I gave a little teaser of this trail event that we're doing with industry leaders. Well, it happened, and boy, was it epic. So we did 25 hours straight with 10 black diamond difficult trails and obstacles. So have you ever driven for 25 hours straight over difficult obstacles and in the dark? Well, we did, and I can tell you I'm still trying to catch up on sleep. Exhaustion doesn't begin to describe how I feel. (laughs) Um, We had nine Jeeps in the group, which is a good number for such an epic event. We wheeled over rocks, boulders, more like in the desert. We did a major trail that King of the Hammers uses. There were some hidden gems and canyons and washes. And we finally ended up on two of Big Bear's major black diamond trails, Holcomb Creek and John Bull. Now, we started at four o'clock in the afternoon and ended the following day at 5 p.m. And I can tell you that by 3 a.m. in the morning, I was having trouble staying awake. Not to mention that objects began to take on other forms, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I would see a tree stump and I thought it was an animal of some sorts. Your brain does some funny things when it's sleep deprived. I had done quite a bit of spotting early on when we started the, the event um, in some of the desert obstacles as we put the Jeeps in positions that the driver couldn't see the line at all. So I think that kind of explained why I was a little bit tired. I was climbing from rock to rock and up the sides of the small canyons to get enough height so the drivers could see my hands. And here I thought I was still 20 years old. What was I thinking? Um, Now, Bill noticed that as the night wore into the morning, his concentration and decision-making selecting proper lines became a focused effort rather than just second nature. So you guys know he's wheeled a lot. So for him to have noticed that he really had to really pay attention. And that wasn't just us. The whole entire group of experienced drivers and and off-roaders had the same kind of things. There there was no mishaps, thank goodness, but driving back to Big Bear at sunrise on a slow fire road was a real challenge not to nod off for everybody. Oh, it was just like, okay, we're bored. You know, when you're doing events and you're going through obstacles, you can kind of stay awake, but when you're driving and just getting to someplace. Now, joining us on this fun journey was Paul Joe with Nexon Tire, and he was the sponsor of the event. Of course, Don Alexander, who dreamed up this event and coordinated all the details. <laughs> oh, it's sense. his fault. Yeah, it oh, makes sense. His I was fault, wondering yeah. who we were going to blame. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. He's like, hey, guys, what do you think about this? We're like, uh, sure, on paper, sounds good. Um, now, we also had most of the Curry family. So, John and Brandon Curry with uh, Rock Jock, Ray and Casey Curry with Curry Enterprises, and all their social media people and ph- photographers. And just a shout out to Tiny, who is not Tiny, by the way. For all the help and info, he they is amazing, are. such a great personality and just helps us to learn more about social media and stuff. And then we also had Lori Graves from um, I Hate Roads on her YouTube channel. Um, she has wheeled with the best of them and did an amazing job and a lifted TJ, topless and stick. She was also on 35s. Everybody else was 37s and 40s. Of course, the Currys oh, are all wow. set up really well. I mean, they were climbing stuff. I'm going, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just climb. Who cares? There's a rock in the way. I mean, those 40s and those big axles. I'll tell you what. Um, Anyway, so I got to give Lori props. Um, She did really well with that open and topless with the cool temperatures overnight. But she's prepared and knows how to wheel. Now, some fun things that happen because no run with the group is complete without something happening, right? right? Well, when I was helping Don through a very tight squeeze, watching his front left tire start to roll away from the wheel bead, I said to myself, I should probably have him back up. And then I hear, shh, 
<laughs> this no. tire came off the rim. I'm like, yep. Uh, too tight of a turn, pushed up on the rocks, and the tire is now flattened off the beat. Well, when you wheel with the best, everyone goes into action. The Jeep was wedged, wedged into a tight spot with no way of moving it out, and it was at a very precarious angle up a boulder garden. We secured the Jeep to a winch line from the Jeep behind so it wouldn't roll forward. We chalked all the other wheels, lifted her up so we could pull the tire to the rim. It was funny. Bill held the tire in place while his son Brent used the power tank to air up the tire and back on the rim, and they were back on our way. And believe it or not, it took only about 15 minutes for this repair. Nice to be prepared for nice. trail breaks. They can happen even to seasoned veterans. Then, around 1 a.m., halfway through Motina Wash, Bill, who was leading the group, parked the Jeep after an obstacle and started to walk back to watch the rest of the group get through when he noticed our Jeep was smoking. Oh, yes, oh, no. lots of smoke. Well, the transmission, transmission cooler line had popped out of the push-in fitting and was puking fluid. Bill got underneath with his son, Brent, holding the flashlight and managed to stop the leak and get the line pushed back in place. Of course, he now has transmission fluid on his hat, shirt, etc. I mm. didn't realize I liked the smell of that synthetic ATF <laughs> since I now had to live with it for the rest of the trip. <laughs> he had just recently replaced that hard mission cooling lines and had a difficult time getting the push-in lines to click into place. He thinks the clip may not have fully engaged and allowed the line to jiggle loose. And when he put it back in place, he could tell the line snapped right back in place like it should have done. Well, we had a quarter transmission fluid on board, and we filled her up. Oh, good. That worked out well. However, there was still fluid all over the exhaust, underneath the Jeep, and inside the skid plates. So as we continued on our way, it continued to drip and smoke. It eventually all burned or dried out several miles later, and all was good. Later that morning, we stopped at the auto parts store in town to get two more quarts of fluid, one to the top to top off the fluid left on the trail, and one is a spare in case that ever I'll, happens again. I was thinking one was for Bill because he was addicted to it now. Yeah, yeah, and me too, by the way. I like this flavor. <laughs> it smells so good when you're very tired and sleep deprived. All right. Well, we made it through to all the trails we wanted and ended up right at 25 hours. We had fun, shared stories, enjoyed wheeling with people that loved to wheel. Don, Bill, and I learned some things that we might do differently in the future, but that's what it's all about. Who knows mm -hmm. where this adventure will take us, but we are looking forward to doing it again. Just not too soon. I still need to catch up on my sleep. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Would you do an event like this and wheel 25 hours straight over major obstacles and trails? Without question. Exactly. 100%. Yes. <laughs> would, uh, would there be naps? Is uh, is my only no. question. As no, long as you have there a will be Red Bull. There will be Red Bull and Monster Energy drinks. That That's what there will be. <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah. So no, uh, I've I've always been interested in enduro type events. Uh, it's something about them just calls to me. Uh, I, I have really long since wanted to uh, participate in the twenty four hours of lemons. Oh yeah. Uh, would not to be confused uh, with twenty four hours of lemons. Uh, so um, twenty four hours of lemons. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Watch the videos. It is highly entertaining and very very intriguing. And I guarantee you, if you're any kind of a gearhead and don't already know about this, you just found your new addiction. Uh, similar to like the Gambler 500, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, it's just, you know, one of those things to where it really tests man and machine. And I'm all about that. So, uh, yeah, no, this is right up my alley. This is something that I, I would be uh, highly interested in. I think I told you when you when you first teased the idea of it yeah. that I am all in. Uh, once I can, I can get my Jeep put okay. back together. And Next get down time there. we do oh. this, you're on that list. I'm on yeah, sure no, for sure. And especially with the crew that you had, my oh. God, you're talking about the, you know, the, the, 
some of the creme of the creme. I mean, you you had yeah. you had the list. I mean, yep. you, if there was any, if there was ever a group of wheelers to be with, it was this group right here. So, I mean, the experience, uh, the equipment, uh, the stories. Uh, my goodness, I'm surprised you guys didn't stretch that out to 35 hours, just to you know, for the sake of of uh, you know the camaraderie and stuff. So, I'm really surprised uh, really you cool. did it in 25. That that was pretty amazing. Yeah, all the events to 10 Black Diamond trails. Goodness mm -hmm. sakes, across multiple trail systems too. That that is very impressive. So. Uh, yeah, hats off to you for for one, uh, you know, putting all this together, and two for being able to to actually you know complete it and put it, you know bring it to fruition and and make it happen. So yeah, hats off to all involved, and uh, and uh, next time I'll be there too. I don't know. If, I don't know that you didn't do this, uh, Wendy, but uh, this would have been a perfect opportunity to literally just take some people out that only did sound and video, uh, and, and capture the whole twenty four hour, twenty five hours on your uh, for your YouTube channel. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I got you, got to think this would be just a a, a very interesting thing for a lot of like well, brothers. We're, we're actually doing information. Yeah, though. we're actually doing all that between the Curry's uh, social media people, our our uh, Trails Four One One. Brent Bill's son had a, his drone out. There was another drone there. Right. Once we get yeah. it all kind of put together, you'll start seeing videos that we'll post on Trails Four One One as far as the event goes. And I posted Good. some pictures in the show notes, but it doesn't do it justice. No, I mean, no, we're just no. capturing I mean, a few that we have right now, but it, it oh, was no. definitely epic. And I mean, Don knows uh, Frank Curry and, and kind of we're best friends is how that kind of relationship started. Watch the rest of the Currys grow up. So there's this huge connection that goes way back as far oh, as yeah. that is handles, but the, they're just pay. the nicest people. Place. I mean, there's nothing that, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, it was epic, and we all wheeled, we all had a good time, and man, are their rigs set up. <laughs> Here, I think mine is all good. It is, by the way, but it's just like, wow. I mean, you know, they're newer Jeeps. They're just like you, Tony, with the new Gladiator. You know, there's yeah. just a lot of great things, but so, everybody was safe and smart, and we just had a really good time. So how much teasing was there for the, uh, the, the transmission hose that popped off? Surprisingly, not too many. It was oh, funny. It went, wow. Well, no, <laughs> well, because anything can happen. Everybody was, you know, hey, do you need this? You need that? Somebody had a screwdriver. Whatever Bill needed, people were doing it. It was one point. I'll share this. I'm on the other side of the Jeep. Bill and Brent are on the other side. And I went in kind of on my belly and held a flashlight in that other opposite direction to give him more light. And I hear somebody back outside go, oh, look, they ran over the spotter. <laughs> the way I was kind of splayed out. And I'm like, this really isn't very good. I just did a segment oh, on being great. run over. This is not very good. But of course, all you can do is laugh, you know, and it's more about the concern of is everybody okay and how are we going to yeah. fix it? And, you know, there was so many people. So one of the photos I posted shows the tire that came off the, the rim for poor Don um, uh, in those show notes. Your friend Becky is laughing, saying, stop it. Don't make me laugh. She is. She is saying, <laughs> please stop. It's too funny. Yeah. So just so today, I want to share that with you guys. This uh, this seems like it was more industry experts than just regular jeepers. Um, it, it was there a lot of interest in this that people didn't show up. You know, people that were like, "Yes, I you know I want to get in on this." I was just kind of curious to see if there was uh, you know a lot more people that that wanted to go but couldn't. Yes, that was. We sort of sent the invitations out. There was a lot of yeses. Um, we picked a date, and then some people couldn't make it. So. Um, this will probably always be an invitational event. It's not going to be a, anybody who wants to show up. We need to make sure that, one, you're set up well enough to handle it, you know, that things don't break and you don't, you know, and you know how to wheel. 
So we definitely <laughs> yeah, make it that. a invitational. Yeah. That's well, an because, important thing. I mean, you're out in the middle of well, nowhere. You got, you got 25, 25 hours to do this. You don't want to, you know, take it out to 50 or something and certainly don't yeah. want to call it call in life light. Well, and even with the tire and the um, transmission lines, we still were well. We're within time, so it just goes to show you that. Yeah, it's and, planned and most very of well. People, did, yeah, did not need to be spotted. I didn't have to do very much of that. Once we yeah. got through the desert stuff, it was all just wheel and just do your, you know, pick your line and go through it. There was very little of that, which makes a difference too when you're wheeling. Yes. You're not having to oh, take the time to do that. So yeah, I know. So. so I know Don was running the Nexons, the 37 uh, Rodian MTXs. Uh, was he? Uh, was he aired down to the standard? What is it like? Uh, 14 psi. 14. That, yeah, yeah, that's all we were too. Yep. Uh, okay. Paul the same way. Um, there was other tires there. The 40s I think were Nittos. Um, Lori's on BF Goodrich, which was interesting, but she, she, uh, did a great job too. So nothing, you know, you can't, nothing bad to say, I should just say, you so, know, everything went well. So. Yeah. So I don't know if you can, if you can mention it, if you know, cause I haven't heard anything, but, uh, speaking of, uh, Nexons and forties, cause you can't get, uh, Nexons and forties, uh, Paul no. hasn't made any comments about that, has he? Cause I know there was a, a few people, a few listeners that were curious about that. Yeah. I think they'd like to do it. It just isn't the timing now, he said. Um, and, you know, they're dealing with getting tires in right now, period, because everybody's having problems getting any kind of materials in. So, yeah, yeah, well, I, I see think that's on the like back that happening in a couple of years, uh, possibly. But I, I would imagine they're probably already working on mold designs and, and other things to try and, you know, get the footwork set up for that sort of thing. Exactly. That would be an yeah. amazing tire uh, in, in a 40. I don't think I'll yeah. ever run a 40, uh, but uh, I just want to get me some 35s on uh, on the Gladiator. I, uh, I'm, I'm planning a trip, uh, coming out there, uh, Wendy, uh, but I want to get the 35s on the gladiator first. You better. I'm ready for you. Let's do it. Yeah. You've got, a, you've also got a potential trip, uh, coming up to what, your hidden falls, uh, hidden falls, ah. um, uh, off-road park there, Tony. Uh, I, I, we've had some listeners even write into the show about, uh, about your, your kind of open invite and, and kind of similar to, to Wendy there kind of planning this wheel with the hosts type of event. Yes. Um, is there any more progress on that? Uh, nothing more that uh, nothing's been finalized. We've had a couple of people uh, write in, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we certainly want to get uh, some more people that are interested uh, expressing their interest if they're interested in going uh, before I reach out to uh, Hidden Falls and try to set anything up. So uh, when you guys write in, of course, you just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and see how we can how you can contact us. But when you write in, uh, you know, give an idea of when you think a good time to do this would be. Uh, it probably would be 10 like... 10 o'clock uh, in the morning. It probably would be... Yeah. Jo for <laughs> Josh, it would be 10 o'clock well. at night. <laughs> right after right after dinner. Uh, yeah. So the uh, I, I'm thinking it would be like on a Saturday. So probably, uh, uh, you know, this month or July. It probably has to be July at this point because we're uh, almost halfway through uh, through June. So yeah. uh, if, uh, if you're interested in hitting it over to uh, Hidden Falls... Uh, and that's about Central Texas, kind of between Austin and uh, Round Rock, if I'm remembering right, or Marpleson. All right. Anyway, uh, just look it up, Hidden Falls Adventure Park. And uh, let's let me know if you're interested. Well, do you have a topic or suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Find us on YouTube channel Trails 411. Great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques.
So, uh, Josh, were you you yes, were sir. involved in these uh, this this email, weren't you, about the uh, uh, overheating on the highway uh, issue? This gentleman yeah. was this listener yes, was having? about the uh, the triple bypass uh, radiator or whatever whatever it was. Yeah, I looked through that email. Uh, when was that? I think that was today or yesterday. Uh, any event, uh, I went through that, looked at the pictures and and some of the science and and oh, even the gosh. data. I like uh, I like the, the Excel Excel spreadsheet. So this week, we're going to shift gears and talk about my dreaded subject, uh, my Cherokee XJ overheats on the highway. <laughs> Many of you know, and God bless you for trying, uh, have tried to help me out with this issue that's been going on for the uh, the length of this podcast, or like 10 years. No, <laughs> not that long. maybe eight. <laughs> Everyone's ideas uh, I've already tried. I mean, every one of them. And it was so hard not just to go, yes, yes, I did that. Good Lord, I did that, you know. But it was it was heartfelt because I know you guys really wanted to help. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I even built a brand new motor uh, thinking that there was just something inherently wrong with the engine. And when I put the new motor in, that uh, ran hot on the highway, too. So recently, a fellow uh, Jeep XJ owner, I think he also has a 98, uh, sent us an email with a completely new idea. And I'm shocked that I've never found any of this in my, in my research because I've done a lot of research. A multi-pass radiator. And now, some of you may know this. I had no idea what even a multi-pass was. Uh, most, if not all, radiators are single-pass, at least from the research I've done since finding out about this. The coolant goes in and flows through the tubes, one, two, three, or even four horizontal rows, and then back out uh, to the engine. A multi-pass radiator passes through the part of that horizontal rows, then flows back the other way through the uh, a section of lower horizontal rows, rows, finally reversing direction again through the final set of rows, exiting the radiator and back to the engine. I have read this increases the cooling of the radiator by 10 to 20%. <clears throat> and 10% would be exactly the amount of additional cooling I would need. You know, if I can calculate that 10% cooler would be about 216 degrees, that would be amazing on a 100, 100 degree uh, air temperature day. Well, so, yeah. so Stan F. has a, a 1998 Jeep Cherokee, and he, like me, tried many things to resolve his highway heating issue. He has a two-core aluminum radiator modified to make it into a three-pass radiator. Now, keep in mind, this meant cutting the tanks off of, of this aluminum radiator and putting in uh, like little baffles or little pieces well, not, of metal. Not, not cutting off the tanks. Uh, it, it, one modification opens up one side of one tank to remove the transmission cooler. Uh, and the other side is modified to put in the baffles, like like Tony had said. They're still there. They just need to be modified uh, quite extensively, actually. Well, what what uh, I'm, I'm glad you looked at that. So that's the one of the things I didn't quite understand about it. So the hmm? the tanks weren't both tanks weren't cut off. Just one side was. No, no, both tanks are still there. Uh, the tank on the on the driver's side, which has the transmission cooler uh, input and output built into it. Uh, was opened up and removed. Good. And so that, and, and so that, and he explains that you know you need to basically cut a giant hole, and 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 you're almost cutting off the 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 whole uh, um, uh, tank on the on the driver's ah, side of the radiator. Okay, I and got you. You need to then patch that back in using the outlet port that you just cut off uh, from the from the section of of, of aluminum. Yeah, that makes port. sense. You know that you have. Now his is all aluminum. 
you can't do this with a factory a radiator. <laughs> Not a plastic tank. No. Tanks. Yeah, clearly. So that again, there's a key feature here that we're the 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 dual core aluminum radiator or radiator here. So anyway, he uh, uh, he's reporting temps of 216 degrees under high loads in 91 degree air temps. Now he's in Colorado, uh, so and also too, I found out through later emails that he's running a standard transmission and the 307 gears on 31s, I believe. And, and that amazed me, too, that he was having heating issues uh, on 31s yeah. because that, I think the 32s and the 33s kind of uh, helped, uh, helped give me my problems. But anyway, well, he, I'm kind of curious really quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, sure, that's Tony, fine. That, you know, how much of the similar modifications you guys have. I'm wondering if his winch bumper is similar to yours. Uh, if, you know, there's other things that he's done to the front end or and or aerodynamics of his Jeep that uh, mirror the, the stuff that you've done to your own that would otherwise uh, help sort of answer what is going on with the 1998 Jeep Cherokee overheating on the highway. So I'm glad you mentioned the the bumper and the, the winch. Well, you said winch bumper, but that implied the winch. So this heating uh, overheating on the highway occurred after lifting and putting the larger tires on it. So that was before any bumpers, anything other than just anything other than just. I think getting the air dam up off the road, uh, it may have been uh, part of the culprit. So uh, I've never. Many people have suggested, you know, we'll take the winch off. Take the no, I'm not taking that that off. That's on there for a reason. I'm going to fix it so that it works with that on there. Of course, I gave up and bought a gladiator, but there you go. And, and this is this is like Murphy's this is like Murphy's law, you know. I, I get a gladiator. I've had it for a month or so, so I can tow the, the the Cherokee places to go off road. And then this this guy comes out of the woodwork and goes, "I solved it." Yeah, <laughs> I, I could have saved you forty six thousand dollars. <laughs> so so anyway, Stan is using a Hesco high flow water pump and silicone hoses. You remember the silicone hoses you talked about oh, recently? Yeah, hey, I was just talking about the recently yeah i was concerned because you know the that lower hose can collapse under uh, under pressure if you don't have the the spring in there although i think they've uh, they've done away with the the spring that goes in it to keep it from collapsing they but have, if, but if yeah. you're having a multi-pass radio a radio multi-pass radiator and a high performance water pump you potentially could be collapsing a hose causing another set of issues on the highway so mm. he went with a silicone uh the silicone hoses which i believe are uh, much stronger and uh, certainly ought to ha- be able to handle the heat better. Oh, now, yeah. with this, uh, with, with the multi-pass uh, radiator, you can expect a more restrictive flow. So the water pump helps with uh, the silicone uh, hoses that uh, could, you know, help with the hose failure, failure or collapsing of the lower hose. If you know about multi-pass radiators, often used in race cars, I've, I've read, share your experience with us. JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. Um, I was I was just blown away to hear about this because I I'd, I'd never in all the research I had never heard anything about a multi pass radiator. Well, we've got uh, uh, a number of radiator only shops out here in the Northwest. I'm sure that any you know every state every town has a radiator shop or two around there. I'm I want to take this data uh, these pictures and diagrams and and all that sort of stuff down to one of these radiator shops and talk to one of these guys about oh, that'd this be sort great. of stuff. And just be like, you know, hey, what, you know, okay, what is the average cost for a modification of this nature? Uh, and, and how long would it take? Is this something that an average shop can do or would do even? Um, you know, we can we can more or less price out what the average cost of a aluminum, uh, fully aluminum two-core radiator is. And then, you know, present to people, hey, you know, if you want to do this, 
This is some real-world data behind it. This is what the average costs are going to be, and this is what you can expect for both money, cost, and efficiency you know, out of this, and the performance-wise, everything, all that. So, I mean, there's there's some more information, I think, that we can provide to people that's going to require a little bit of footwork. But that being said, Tony, like you, I'm excited about this information, too, because I personally happen to know several Jeepers who have issues with the 4-liter engine overheating in their Jeep. So, uh, you know, re- regardless of speed or, or modifications and stuff. So, this is going to be information that I know a lot of people are going to be after. Now, I know you have about 10 billion things you have yet to, d- to do on your Cherokee, but is this something that you think you might want to do to your No, because honestly, I've never had an issue with heating. So, um, well, except that time. That, that, that was the first teardown, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, well, that was because the, uh, the well, because of the, uh, the first teardown. It was because I, yeah, the um, well, auxiliary... You were like, going like uphill or something, and I, yeah, I had like a bunch half of, of cord, had half a cord of firewood in the back of the Jeep. Yeah. And I was climbing a mountain, um, so, so this yeah. would fix that. And well, no, and <laughs> the, the main reason was the the auxiliary fan relay had quit on me, and oh. so when when the temps came up, the fan that was supposed to kick in did not, and the temps just kept going up. Yeah, and uh, and and damage was done. So well, I think uh, this is very much a location thing too, because. Being down here on the Gulf Coast with high humidity oh, and yeah. high temps, um, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, people in, in in Louisiana or Texas, Arizona. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah I mean, how many teams are in Hell, Hell's Valley? Yep, yeah. So, but uh, no, I was kind of hoping you'd go. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. When you said lots of radiator shops, I've done some looking, and I used to love going to the radiator shops to have the radiator fixed. You know, before plastic came in that uh, was involved oh. and everything. <laughs> yeah. And you just take it down there, like for seventy five bucks, they put it in the well, tank, they, they, the solder and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it was uh, it was really good. it was really nice. I liked it, and they're really hard to find now, at least down here. Yeah. So I, it could be a regional thing. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a chain of them out here uh, where you know it's like some guy's name, and and it's he's got like four or five stores around the area. I don't know, but. But nonetheless, I want to get a little bit more information about this. I want to get some figures for you guys to share with you people so that if you're interested in uh, tackling this yourself, you can be a little bit more informed before you, uh, you go down that path. Very excited about this. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Jeep Talk Shows? This is Gary from Dixie Overland leaving you another voicemail. So we just got back from the fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada conference that we attended, which was the first ever E3 Association conference covering overlanding, camping, and off-roading. Uh, it was three awesome pack days. Industry professionals, inspirational speakers, YouTube personalities, and even a true American hero, Chris Tonto Peranto, who gave us this haunting and inspirational account of his night uh, fighting at the embassy in Benghazi. Uh, if you ever get a chance to hear him speak, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, I would also encourage anyone who's listening uh, to attend this conference next year because it's only going to get bigger and better as the years go on. If you go to www.e3association.com, that's E and the number three, association.com, you can learn more information about it, where it's going to be held, and uh, any type of uh, agenda items that they may have coming up. 
anyway, that's all for me this week. Y'all take care. One more thing. I forgot to mention that we will have a video going up on our YouTube channel about the conference itself. So if anybody is curious about what it entailed and uh, what it looked like, what types of rigs were out there uh, and all that, uh, go ahead and tune into our YouTube channel. Just look up Dixie Overland on YouTube and you will find it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Inspirational speakers. I had no idea that Tony Robbins was an off-road kind of guy. Funny. <laughs> you know, from time to time, people will reach out <clears throat> from groups or just individuals that have a an event coming up. I think that's actually how Travis uh, got uh, hooked up with the show uh, and be- become such a, a, a fervent listener. Uh, he uh, he reached out and wanted us to uh, advertise the uh, Billy Boardwalk thing, which I think we did like once a month. And uh, uh, we actually had him. Uh, we What was the segment that we did uh, at, the, at the end of the show we used to do that uh, – Talked about events around the nation. Oh, uh, wheeling where? Wheeling where? Yeah. So we had uh, we do that, and what we do now is, uh, if we get a, a, a request in, we just say, "Hey, call into our voicemail line and tell us about your thing, and we'll play it on the show." So if you guys have an event or something, or if it's a new business, uh, you know, we don't care. We like getting the, the word out for people. Just uh, call into our voicemail. Of course, you can go to jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contact to uh, get that number. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is in my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. So let me see if I can uh, get through this really quickly because I know how I just like to talk and talk and talk and talk. Uh, so uh, we recently got some uh, Jeep Talk Show badges, you know, like the little circle ones that say trail rated, except this one has a... Badges? Uh, we don't need us thinking. Badges? <laughs> no. Nah, this one uh, looks, like, the, these, this looks like this looks like the Jeep Talk Show logo, and uh, it's a, it looks just like a trail badge or very similar to it, let's say. And uh, so now we have the honor badges, no longer a rat bastard honor badges or the trail badges. And this is interesting. I uh, set up a form so people could, uh, that have recently subs- been become paid subscribers, uh, they could pick one or, the, one or the other one. And you know, by a, uh, like a uh, 90% are going for the, 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 like the trail rated badge looking thing which I thought was very interesting. So anyway, I will be sending out those out really quick. If you've been on the fence about becoming a paid subscriber, you now have two choices for merchandise from the Jeep Talk Show. So we reached out a while back uh, asking for volunteers to be infectious agents. Yeah, we're clever like that. And, uh, and infect some random Jeeps with rat bastard toe tags. Josh, I think you came up with toe tags. I thought that was pretty funny. Perfect. Uh, yeah, the tags and uh, bag of rats have been sent out to those volunteers, and the affection is well underway. It just sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> you can visit our Rat Bastard Facebook group or go to our ratbastard.lol website to monitor the progress. Several people have asked how they can get in on infecting Jeeps. First off, amazing that you want to join in, and thank you. Uh, we have calculated our cost. And to make and ship the 20 Rat Bastard toe tags, uh, you can purchase it. Is, we've, we've calculated it up, and we know how much the, it, basically it costs us to do this thing. They're, they're all handmade. So you can purchase these uh, toe tags directly from the JeepTalkShow.com 
uh, store. They are $8 for 20 tags. Oh. You can get... Uh, then you can order the Baggle Rats directly from Amazon for $9.99 plus shipping. If you've, if you've got Prime, then, you know, there's no shipping cost uh, uh, involved there. So if Wait, you're... Okay, so eight twenty nine ninety nine <laughs> carry the two, divide a factor of four. Okay, so that end comes up to just under $47.33. <laughs> so if you're good at math, Josh excluded, <laughs> that's about a dollar a tag. Here's your chance to get in on the new Jeep tagging craze. Koozies, ducks, now rat bastards. <laughs> so guess what, guys? I got infected. Oh, look at that. You know yeah, how Wendy's holding up a rat bastard she, toe tag. She's, look at that. She's choking her right rat. on. <laughs> That's it. Yep. That was from Mike Sandy's part of our Zoom thing and I, I he had mentioned he had uh he had him on Mike oh I bet something's gonna oh, happen cool. to my Jeep. I didn't, know sure Mike was, I didn't know Mike was in on the oh yeah in on all this cool yeah he's yeah. one of right, them I he's got a whole bunch we got, he's, but we got 15 yeah. people out there Tony who are uh who's gonna be uh yep. d- disseminating these the, the these viruses it, these, it actually uh, started this uh this past weekend Josh and uh oh, to check awesome. out, yeah you need to check out the uh the, the Facebook page for some of the pictures and and there is that one of uh Wendy's uh Wendy and Bill's uh Jeep that is uh yeah that had been infected oh you know I wish he had infected the Curry's or somebody out there on the 25 oh, uh, hour thing well I didn't, I didn't have enough to go around where I might have that could have been interesting <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You just got the one that was left on your Jeep. That's right. That's it. Yeah. So, so I just uh, I was excited to get one. You know, you may ask uh, why dirty, filthy, disease-ridden rats. Well, that's because we're the Jeep show with a bad attitude. <laughs> we do not have a bad attitude. <laughs> we have a fun attitude. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week, Tony, you talked about the Bronco 2 and the uh, Mustang 2. You were correct. In the 70s, Ford did make a uh, Mustang 2. It was based on the Pinto platform. So it was a little bit smaller than a regular Mustang. But the good news is is you got excellent gas mileage as you burned to death. Yeah, all of you uh, older people are <laughs> laughing. You younger people right now are Googling Ford Pinto, I'm sure. I happen to have an audio clip of the engineering session when they were designing the Mustang 2. I'll play it for you. Yes, hey, boss. How about we make a smaller, more flammable Mustang? Yeah, and when we get done, we can get a job over at Jeep designing their new Cherokee. Yeah, I designed it. I designed it real good, boss. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I got a new job as an electrician. Oh, no. Yeah, most people are shocked to find out how bad I really am at it. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. So, uh, I got a quick Pinto story here. Uh, a friend of mine uh, back in, his first car was a, was a Ford Pinto. Um, and, and back uh, in 1984, a movie was released by the name of Top Secret. And it was one of these sort of, uh, you know, funny parody type of movies or, or something like that. And, and in one scene, uh, they, they kind of highlight the, the sort of the, um, the pop culture behind the Pinto, which was the, the gas tank location in the Pinto being in the rear uh, was so sensitive to impact 
that so much as just dropping a grain of sand on the rear bumper would cause these things to blow up sp spontaneously. <laughs> and in the movie Top Secret, there's like there, there's this Pinto parked in the middle of a field. No, I mean nobody, nothing around for hundreds of yards. And this vehicle who's been out of control comes barreling into the scene. And, and they're slamming on the brakes, they're trying to stop, and it's screeching to a halt, and it's coming closer and closer and closer and closer, and, and it's within inches, ding, barely touches the bumper, the Pinto explodes into a ball of flame and everything. Yes, so I just, I, 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 every time I hear the word Pinto, whether it's referring to the Ford car or the Bean, I am I'm immediately transported back to 1984 in this movie. Where this oh. Pinto is blown up by uh, a very, very, very small impact. Check this out. This is the people that were in that uh, the, the movie you're talking about, Top Secret. Val Kimmer, Kilmer, Peter Cushing, <laughs> and Omar Sharif. Wow. Just to name a few. There was a lot of big names in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if, you don't, if you don't know the movie, if you've never seen it, it's probably going to hold up somewhat. Uh, so it's, it's worth a, it's worth a view. Nonetheless, you'll be entertained if, if nothing else. So the, uh, the good joke on the Pintos was, is that, you know, how you put flames on the, uh, on the front of the car or the, whatever it is to, to make mm -hmm. it look like it's a fast vehicle on the Pinto, you put the flames on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I've been hearing on the news, there's some really great deals to be had on trade-ins. Yeah, Tony, thank you. First of all, my name is Chris Godwin. I'm the owner of Southwark Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. And Tony, we really thank you for your business. It was not just us selling a vehicle or you buying one. We were able to build a strong relationship, and I'm glad that uh, we're now together and talking about Jeeps. But yeah, the world news, if you've heard it, is talking about if you have an extra car in your driveway or you want to trade, now is the time, whether you want to sell it outright to Southwark Dodge or you want to uh, trade it in for a new one. Inventory is tight, but we have plenty of of it because of our new Jeep facility. So if you're wanting to buy a new Jeep, Dodge Ram, any of it, come see me and I can guarantee you an outstanding value on your vehicle right now. With tight new car markets, that makes used car trade-ins worth. There's no off-leases coming to the dealership, so we have to get them from customers and that means paying top dollar. Man, that's great. I'm enjoying the hell out of my Gladiator, Chris, and I thank you for making it such a wonderful experience. To go over to South Fork, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, uh, look at in uh, Manville, Texas? Manville, Pearland. Most people say Pearland. It's at 288 and Magnolia Drive, right? One exit past 518 in the Pearland Town Center. Call 1-800-LOW-PRICE. Ask for Chris, the owner. I'd be glad to take care of you. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! No, it seems no matter the generation, Jeep just can't seem to get their lighting perfected. Regardless of the Jeep, there's usually some sort of lighting function that leaves something to be desired. Historically, that has been the headlights. Jeep is notorious for having poor performing headlights. Well, for the Jeep Gladiator JT truck, the lighting falls short in the rear, more so than the front. One of the most common complaints from Gladiator owners is the lack of good reverse lights, something that one would think would have been addressed at the point of design and engineering considering how much the towing capabilities have been of a focal point for much of the marketing behind the Gladiator. Now, if you're hooking up something with your JT at night, the lackluster illumination from the stock reverse lights may have you considering waiting till daybreak. Of course, the aftermarket is there to save the day, and several offerings are out there for various budgets and aesthetic preferences. 
The common solution for those with a stock rear bumper is still to utilize the, uh, the space adjacent to the rear tow hooks. If your Jeep JT doesn't have the tow hooks, this is a, an ovalish shaped opening on either side of the cutout for the license plate. Now here is where the similarities of your options are going to end. Now for the budget-minded solution, uh, the, for the budget-minded, the solution rather is to swap out the bulb for the reverse light with one that is LED and has about a thousand lumens to it. That is easily three times the brightness of what the stock bulb puts out, and they're available for about a hundred bucks for the pair from various manufacturers. Next up would be a kit from Vision X. Vision X has been providing aftermarket lighting solutions since 1997, and they're based right here in the Pacific Northwest. For a company that's been around this long, you'd expect a better fit and finish. For me, this kit just doesn't check all the boxes. For those with sport trim and no tow hooks or don't care quite as much about the finished look, this may be the option for you. At, any, at a price point of $250, this is an acceptable upgrade that replaces the factory reflector plates in the original rear bumper with custom steel mounting brackets and a pair of rugged Dura Mini LED floodlights. These lights put out a massive 4,000 lumens of reverse lighting illumination, pretty much about the highest you can get on the market. Now, coming in somewhere in between these two options is an offering from Oracle Lights. Now, Oracle has been in business since 1999, and their lighting is their number one focus. When it comes to looks, this kit knocks it out of the park. This kit, too, utilizes the factory reflector locations to place an LED pod light as well as a functioning reflector plate in this, this same, same location. This gives you both incredible illu illumination, but also keeps the factory aspect and its supposed-to-be-there looks of the reflector. You can get the additional 1,500 lumens from this kit for just under $150 for the pair. Now, if you're the kind of Jeeper where money is no object and it's the only the best of the best for you and your Jeep, well, then you will likely be just as unimpressed with the fit and finish of this next kit, or just impressed, I should say, as the fit and finish of this next kit. It comes from Baja Designs and who has been around since 1996. This California-based company exemplifies style with many of their products for the Jeep world. Coming in at our most expensive option yet at $325, the Dual S1 Reverse Kit by Baja Designs is by far the best looking kit out there right now. No frills or expenses, or re uh, but it does have a reflector. Just simplified style that is going to perform, putting out an amazing 2300 plus lumens. This is, an easy, this is easily one of the better performing kits out there. So, if you too are tired of not being able to see behind your Jeep Gladiator at night, one of these kits may be just the solution for you. You know, there's uh, a lot of uh, folks that don't think about uh, backing up on trails. Uh, I yes. had a buddy of mine that uh, mm -hmm. that talked about he was going down a trail. He was just adventuring at night, and he got to a point where he couldn't go forward. And it, he went a long ways, like miles. So he literally had to back up for miles. And oh. uh, having uh, much brighter uh, backup lights would have really made it a lot uh, more comfortable, let's say, because <laughs> it was off-road uh so very slow you don't and you don't think about these things you know you think oh that, yeah yeah sure it'd be nice to be able to see if the uh the uh the neighbor across the street is uh is uh, parked on uh, that side of the street so i don't back into laying it laying in your driveway yeah yes. which that's that's good but it could be for something a lot more important uh just your your safety really yeah no absolutely yeah and I can say with experience, having driven at least eight hours at night recently, mm. that the backup lights are very important because you need light at times. It's just, it's crazy how dark it is out there. So definitely want to upgrade that. So which one of these, Tony, do you think you're going to put on your Gladiator? Which which option are you going to go with? 
I'm not sure. I think the, the, my main focus is going to be uh, getting uh, everything upgraded to LED first and uh, then going with something like this. I just didn't want to spend that extra, gosh, it's like it was like $2,000 or $1,000. I think I think it was $1,000 for the LED uh, upgrade kit. And uh, Oh, that was from the factory though, right? Yeah, 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 I shouldn't say kit. It came, you know, upgrade for the on for the Gladiator. And I, right. I just didn't see going for that. Uh, it no, because uh, you probably could have gone after market, gotten the same kind of yeah. performance, if not better, uh, for a sure. fraction of the price. That's what I thought. And then I started finding out that the, uh, the LED uh, headlights are actually, the headlights oh, on the Gladiator are 9-inch. And there's no market out there for 9-inch lights yet. Mm -hmm. That, that's why that's why I was talking about this uh, upgraded light kit for uh, for the Philippines gladiators. They go with go down to a seven inch light, so you get a kit. Oh. Yes, the lights are a little bit smaller, but it opens up a gigantic aftermarket for you uh, as far as options go for seven inch headlights because that is a standard diameter yeah. world around. Yeah, you don't have to spend five hundred dollars for LED headlights. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. You spend under a hundred for LED headlights, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at that. I was looking at uh, the uh, the adapters that you can put in there. I think mm -hmm. the, the adapters mm -hmm. were forty five bucks, which is like insane. But well, not uh, bad though, considering what that, yeah. what that you know, <laughs> opens up for you as far as options go. Absolutely. So no, I love this, and uh, and I'm going to be uh, going back to these show notes, and that's what you guys should be doing. You should go back to our show notes, go over to JeepTalkShow.com, and find this stuff whenever you're trying to remember what was that that Josh talked about. I wanted to do mm -hmm. that. I was interested in that. You simply go to the Jeep Talk Show website and uh, just type in what you're looking for in the search. Oh, and uh, we haven't talked about something else that you can do on the, the Jeep Talk Show, Talk Show site in a while. All the, the glossary of terms that are available oh, there. The That's right. Terms. Yeah, I've, I've kind of forgotten about that over the, the last oh. you know, few months or so. We haven't talked about that in a while. Yeah, the Jeep Talk Show has put together the uh, the world's most extensive glossary of terms when it comes to off-roading. If there is something you've heard in this show or any other podcast for that matter that is off-road related as a term or a, a word that you're just not familiar with and you want to know what the definition is uh, and in context... Go over to jeeptalkshow.com. Check out our glossary page. It's all there alphabetically, and uh, you can search in it and everything. So, uh, And it is the largest uh, collection of off-road terminology anywhere in the web. It's only available at jeeptalkshow.com. And, of course, if you have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, please just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a deck of big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys you need to give me a beer. Tony, Josh, Wendy, I'm exhausted. We moved our whole shop in four days. 17 vehicles, a brake lathe, a tube bender, welders, a plasma cutter, alignment rack, tons of tools and used parts, probably about 20 different axles, and three machine shop machines. Don't ask me what those machines do. I have no idea. Yet. We moved to a new location. The first building didn't have the power we needed. We could barely run our plasma cutter. 
It only took us six months to figure out it would cost us $250,000 to get three-phase power and to rewire the building. That six-month time frame is called Valley Time. It's just small-town living, I guess. Good thing is, the owner of the building was also on Valley Time and never got us the paperwork we needed to make the building purchase official. So we lucked out. You know, everything happens for a reason. That's what I'm learning anyway. Now we are in a new location in Monte Vista, the same town, just a couple blocks down, setting up a new shop all over again while working at the same time. Perseverance for sure. Our first 4x4 meet and greet is this Friday, and we started our monthly classes and trail rides, so we just keep pushing forward and taking it one day at a time. And lately I've been doing a lot of reflecting reflecting on the past years since I bought my Jeep in 2013. I know several of you have been listening to the podcast since I first joined, some even longer when it was just Tony and Josh, when it was called the XJ Talk Show. It might be a good time to catch everyone up on how far I have come and all the changes I have made to my life. Tony first reached out to me back in 2014 for an interview. I think he came across my blog, jeepmama.com. They wanted to talk to me about being new to the Jeep life and being a new Jeep mom. I guess that interview went pretty well because Tony and Josh asked me to record a weekly episode for the show. Shortly after that, they asked me to join them as a host. Now, there have been several changes in the podcast since then, as well as huge changes in my life. At the time, I would have never in a million years guessed I would be running a 4x4 shop in Colorado, let alone wheeling across America in my Jeep with a stranger, then wheeling the Rubicon Trail without even having to be winched. Back then, I didn't even know what 4x4 was, let alone the off-road life. On the podcast, we eventually changed the name from the XJ Talk Show to the Jeep Talk Show. We've seen several folks come and go. We even added a call-in show about a year ago. We added an interview section as well, and another host, Wendy. It has been quite an eventful seven years for the show, as well as me. During those years, my marriage was struggling. I won't get into the sordid details. However, I'm sure they would make for a good movie one day. (laughs) In 2019, I met Neil online, strangers, but Jeep lovers, and we ended up planning a trip across America. We both had the desire to be nomads and travel from trail to trail. A lot of people thought I was crazy doing a 30-day trip in my Jeep with a complete stranger, but it worked, and it was fun, and it changed my life. Then along came 2020, the dreaded year for everyone. For me, my whole life changed. My ex-husband and I finally separated, and for personal reasons, I left Maryland and headed to Colorado. Tony got lucky there, though, because I was ready to head to Texas to live with my niece in Corpus Christi when Neil reached out to me and said, come to Colorado and we can flip Jeeps. So I took him up on the offer. For about a year, we lived in a 12-foot sliding camper. Now we've upgraded to a 28-foot. Gosh, there's so much space I don't know what to do with myself sometimes. You know, I love the camper life because I surely don't miss cleaning a four-bedroom home. However, I miss my kids immensely. They were the ones who encouraged me to leave. My relationship with my kids is amazing. We talk every day. And then they even came on the Rubicon Trail trip with me. 
That was huge since they had no interest in wheeling with me when I was in Maryland. Definitely a memory for a lifetime. So there's been lots of pros and cons. Mostly pros, though. One of the cons is I no longer have that super-duper high-speed internet. Just sketchy campground Wi-Fi, which is why I record the show now instead of being live with Tony and Josh, which I miss a lot. After recording the show live every Thursday night, Tony and Josh became like family to me. No. Most people don't know, but there were some bad years in there for, for me personally that those Thursday nights became a much-needed positive in my life, and it kept pushing me forward. Even though we've never met in person, I have formed a connection with Tony and Josh, and I miss those weekly recording sessions, as Tony and Josh always cheered me up. I do miss the banter with the XJ guys. However, in the best interest of the podcast, yes, I'm crying. That's what I do. (laughs) In the best interest of the podcast... And as my life changes, I must adapt. So I will continue to pre-record my episodes, then listen to the show like all of you, and call in my voicemail messages. Until next week on Jeep Life, happy jeeping, everyone. Well, I've told yes. I've told happy. Tammy several times. Don't worry about it. It's uh, hang in there. It's <clears throat> you'll get back to that. Uh, maybe not the gigabit of uh, bandwidth that she had uh, prior in Maryland, but. Certainly, as uh, sh- she grows and the business grows, they'll get high-speed internet. She'll be back on the show. Yeah, yeah that'll absolutely. be nice. And, of course, uh, having this content uh, even pre-recorded is, is more important than, uh, than you know, not, not being here at all. Uh, so the fact that, that Tammy is still able to, to more or less join us and be a part of the show still, and Tammy's like family. I mean, come on. You know, you spend that much time with uh, Tony and Josh, uh, you're going to catch something. Uh, whether it yeah, be you know, some feelings sure. or, uh, or a rash that you need to cream for, one or the other, you're going to get something. Just like those so. Filipinos, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, no, you're part of the Jeep family, uh, the, the Jeep Talk Show family, Tammy. So, And just like Wendy, uh, she's cut her teeth and she's, uh, she's part of it, too. So, uh, it, you know, we're, we're all kind of uh, one big, happy, semi-dysfunctional family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that. definitely dysfunctional. <laughs> well, how does uh, t- Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to te- jeeptalkshow.com contact to find out how. Man, there's tears on the ground here. Was Tammy here? Well, it took uh, some of us 25 hours to get up here. Holy cow. That's right. God, I'm a slow learner. But I thought somebody ran over Wendy. She's just sleeping under her Jeep. That's right. Ran over somebody the ran over the spotter. Yeah. I love that. I'm never going to forget that. That is nope, awesome. That's a good one. Well, this is the part of the show that if you are new to uh, the Jeep Talk Show, where we uh, we kind of pull up around the campfire and uh, we pick a topic to talk about, and we invite you, the listener, to join us. And uh, and yes, there it, there is no prerequisites. There's there's nothing you got to do to sign up, anything like that. Anybody can join in on the campfire side chat, and we highly encourage you to do so. And it's very easy to do that. And we're going to let you know how you can join in on the fun here in just a little bit. But for now, we're going to go ahead and go around the campfire. We've got a bunch of listeners here with us tonight, and we're going to talk about uh, modifications that you should probably be doing to your Jeep first. Now, this would apply to whether um, maybe this is your seventh Jeep. Uh, You're a veteran Jeeper. You've been wheeling all your life, uh, and you're, you're getting into a new Jeep, and you're starting a new build. Or maybe you're brand spanking new, never been off road in your life. 
and you got a Jeep and you're trying to make it your own, you want to make it better, you want to make it more capable, what do you do? Regardless of whether you are a veteran or somebody brand spanking new to the support uh, to the sport, I think the modifications may be similar. They may come in the same order. I'm going to be asking the question, which comes first, armor, winch, or recovery? Or which is more important early in the Jeep build? Which one of these should be one of the first modifications that you do? Now, obviously, this may be different uh, from different perspectives. Some people may think that uh, as a veteran wheeler, you need to be doing something different. Uh, as a new wheeler, you may be doing something completely different at all. So we're going to go around the horn and talk with uh, with listeners and, uh, and see where they fall on this. We're going to be talking with the hosts and find out uh, where we fall on this topic as well. We're all going to go around and share our opinion and, and crack wise and have some fun doing it. So first up around the campfire, we've got Christopher Roach uh, here with us. Christopher, where would you fall on this topic? Would armor, winch, or recovery hooks be more important early in a Jeep build? I'm going to say recovery points for sure and gear and then probably move on to uh, winch and then armor. All right. Go ahead and, and elaborate on that a little bit. Why would you put things in that particular order? Uh, because going out, you get stuck and you have some fun. It's nice to have a, a toe strap just in case the other person doesn't. And they can at least pull you out. And then if you happen to be in front of someone to where you get stuck and they don't have any way of pulling you back, then you have a winch to pull you forward and progress. And then uh, armor, uh, it would be so that, you know, you don't screw anything up in the, in the process later on. I'm going to propose an argument for you, which uh, may propose a, a, different, uh, a different order of things. And, and my, my opinion on this would be that, you know, uh, typically somebody who is just starting off with a Jeep build is not going to have as capable of a Jeep as one that is built up a little bit more. So they're, like, they're less likely going to be uh, in a situation to get themselves severely stuck. Now, that being said, I mean, everybody's seen a stuck Jeep and, you know, just on the side of the road uh, for that matter. It's like, how the hell did you get yourself stuck over there? Uh, so, you know, that being said, you know, I, I, I would think that, you know, maybe things would be in a different order early in a Jeep build. If, if somebody is working on their seventh Jeep, for, uh, for instance, they're very uh, capable, uh, you know, as a wheeler themselves, they know what they're doing. They know how to pick a line of stuff. They may be able to keep themselves out of harm's way, even off road in a stock Jeep. Uh, and not need something like a tow hook or a recovery point and may focus something on uh, on something else like a winch or armor for for that instance. Uh, but that is just, you know, my, my two cents. I don't know. My, my opinion might change as we go through this list a little bit more. Bob, two cheap Jeep guys, uh, here is with us as well. Which would come first early in a Jeep build? Armor, winch, or recovery? Recovery points first. And why would you say that? I know how I drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's practical. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, with recovery points, I have a power puller. I've got a couple of toe straps. If I'm stuck, throw a max tracks or traction board under it, pile some rocks, grab mm -hmm. the power puller and start cranking. There you go. Now, the power puller, you're talking about like a come along. Is that right, or is that one of those battery-powered winches that you, is more portable? 
No, I'm talking the one they use for pulling logs in lumber operations and stuff, the big cast. Oh, uh, yeah, with yeah. synthetic line. Like a come along? Uh, on steroids and extra beef. Ooh, yeah, no, beef. yeah. Power puller is is uh is gonna be a, a much, much beefier. Uh probably a good hundred pounds beefier than, yeah, than your average come along. Uh -oh. I was gonna say <laughs> no, typically he's right. These things are, are, are cast iron instead of just stamped steel. Uh th this is, you know, the epitome of heavy duty uh come alongs. Um and I'm using the come along term very loosely here because it just sort of resembles a come along, but he's hundred percent right. These it's a come along on steroids. Man, you got to have one hell of a strong back to be, you know, slinging one of these things around in and out of the Jeep. Jeez, Bob. <laughs> I'm not exactly a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, so where, where did you uh, where did you come up with with one of those? Because that's not exactly something that you find in every off road store or even in any parts store. Um, that's something that's typically very industry specific. Um, where did you come up with with your power puller? Uh Interesting thing, I used to teach, well, I used to teach outdoor skills, and when I was rock climbing, I used to go into rigging stores and buy gear for setting anchors, and they had them there, and I picked one up one day, decided I liked it, ended up uh, ordering one and getting it. Would you uh, so, let us know how many times you, it's come into use? Uh, the latest one that I have right now, I have probably used... A half dozen times. Oh wow! A couple times Very pulling good. cars onto trailers. Uh, uh, slid my truck sideways off a muddy trail up in the mountains one day. Uh, uh, hooked onto the back in the trailer hitch and uh, with a D ring and pulled my pickup back, the back end of it back up onto the trail so I could get going again. Little stuff like that. Move people off stuff. So maybe a half dozen times top. Not not always uh, self recovery. Clearly, uh, you know, for for other things as well. So so good to have around. So yeah, well, very good, Bob. If uh, if somebody else out there is looking for uh, something along those same lines, maybe can't afford a a winch or something, a power puller might be the option for you. Uh, especially if you don't want to spend the money on the winch and a winch bumper and you know everything that goes into that sort of thing. Uh, this might be a, a a viable option that comes in well under budget. Thanks for that, Bob. Chip, uh, what about you? Armor, winch, or recovery points? What would come first? You didn't. You didn't list a, a big light bar. I mean, wouldn't that be? <laughs> a, uh, I know. I purposely let, left out the light bar. I I, I oh, purposely left gosh. that out. And more than one. <laughs> Damn yes. It. So, recovery points for sure. Because if you're wheeling and you're just starting out, first off, number one rule: don't wheel alone. Mm -hmm. And so more than likely, you're going to be with somebody else that could strap on. And if they don't have a recovery point to hook onto you to help you, that's going to be a problem. And it's, a, and it's an inexpensive first step. To me, the second step would be a rock rail. So it goes to armor for that before a winch. Just because somebody in your group hopefully has a winch or they can toe strap you out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like that answer. Uh, and I've, I've kind of followed that kind of mantra for the majority of my jeeping life, if you will, uh, where recovery points have come first, because regardless of what kind of situation you're in or how experienced you are, if you don't have a place to hook up to, likely you're going to cause some damage. 
whether you're just wrapping it around or a toe strap or a, a, a chain or something like that around the axle. God forbid you start yanking a Jeep out of the mud and you have a stuck situation by the axle alone. Uh, YouTube that. Uh, there's some interesting videos on 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 the uh, interwebs about uh, recoveries with uh, people yanking on axles. Um, but uh, no, it, it's one of those things to where if you don't have a recovery point and the worst does happen, uh, you are pretty much SOL or you take the risk of causing damage. Uh, you got to have something to hook up to, uh, regardless of you know how, how good you are or what kind of situation you're in. Uh, and if you don't have that, uh, it could be bad news. All right, Larry, what would you have to say about armor winter recovery hooks? Which would come first in a build, regardless of how the uh, how seasoned the the wheeler is? Well, I think the biggest part is whether or not you do wheel by yourself or you wheel with group, because that's going to change that dynamic just a little bit. You know, if if you are out solo, which I know the rule, never wheel alone, but let's face it, we all do it occasionally. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go out quite a bit by yourself at first, obviously recovery is king. You know, I started before I had a winch. I had come along and, and traction board just in case they ever got stuck. But as, if, uh, as soon as you can get the recovery at taken care of, I would put some kind of armor under it. And if you're wheeling with a group, I would probably, after you got your recovery points, I would do armor first before I put the winch on again. Yeah. But it depends if you're by yourself or if you're with a group. The, that changes that drastically. No, I would agree because, you know, in a, in a, in a situation where you, you don't know anybody else, maybe you're 30 miles from the, your nearest neighbor or something like that. Maybe you just plain and simply don't know anybody else uh, and, and you, and you got to wheel alone. Uh, you know, there right. are people out there who, you know, are in those kind of situations. So self-recovery is, is going to be paramount and you've got to be able to do that. And, and having right. the right kind of recovery equipment and rigging is, is going to be essential to do that sort of thing. You know, snatch blocks and, and, and of course, the winch, winch line, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and tree straps, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, having that, all that equipment. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need that sort of stuff. And, and if, if you're not in a group, you can't rely on other people to have tow hooks and, and recovery straps and, and things like that. Well, then it's all up to you. And, and you've got to get yourself and your Jeep out of that situation that you got yourself into, so you better be equipped to do that. And, and I could right. see how that could very drastically change the order of operations as far as the modification list goes into putting something like a winch on first because you may more than likely get yourself into a situation you can't get yourself out of without a winch. Uh, but then again, you know, that might come into, uh, you know, uh, a situation where that power puller, uh, and some max tracks might work out for you. I, I don't know. Uh, it really would also depend on uh, greatly on on the terrain, your vehicle setup, and on all that other stuff as well. Travis, what about you, buddy? Uh, armor winch or recovery points? What is more important well, in any Jeep build? I'd drive a 89YJ, and I think every 89YJ had recovery points. I didn't think that was an option, well, and I'm learning as I. <laughs> yeah, it just, well, the Jeep frame, but the recovery points were, were standard. I've owned two, um, you know, bought one in 90 and then bought my second 93 after, long story, a lady ran a red light. But I, I thought recovery points were standard in every Jeep. So I'm learning something new today that JKs, JLs, 
JKU's, you know, that's not an option or is an even option. The TJ's. It yeah, even the TJ's. Standard. Even TJ, you know, yeah. it's not standard, I, part of equipment. Um, that being said, no, recovery points are first and foremost. Me, myself, I was like, I want, well, I didn't want recovery points. I had them. Um, I wanted a lift to do more, and then I wanted protection. So I, I wanted safety net. I wanted, you know, rock sliders. I wanted, you know, that at, at that option because I'm going to damage my vehicle more than I could do. Uh, so it's just, it, it's where your Jeep's at, what Jeep, what year, what, what it's at. You know, so many Jeep owners, if you're buying new ones, I have 100% recovery first and foremost. If you're buying used, look what you've got. You know, if, if it's got these points, then you need to look at protection of the vehicle because you can get towed out of anything, whether you choose it or not. If it's got the recovery gear, you know, you're going to be safe. So it's where you're at in what you're buying or what you own. If you own it, you've been willing forever. You know this. But it's for all these newbies that are out there. And and Wendy does a great job going over herself. It's it's recovery is first and foremost because you're gonna attempt something you're not gonna get through. Mm -hmm. And that's a lesson learned. It's also a lesson respected and something you grow from. You know, and, and, uh, I don't know, man. I think I think it's it's just as likely for a seasoned wheeler to get himself into a situation that he ordinarily thought that he can get out of. Oh, I can do this, no problem. You know, and, and have a little bit of overconfidence because you've been wheeling for so long. You've got a lot of experience behind you. You've you've been behind the wheel of, of you know, a half a dozen different uh, Jeeps or vehicles before off-road. You know what you're doing. So why would you ever get stuck? And lo and behold, here you are completely high-centered or buried up to the frame. So, you know, yeah, it, 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 I think it could happen either way. Yeah, a new person is not going to realize what they're getting themselves into, but at the same time, a seasoned veteran could be overconfident and and get himself into into herself into into some trouble they couldn't get themselves out of if not properly equipped. I think it can go both ways, Travis. So that that's why I, I kind of proposed this uh, this this question or this topic from the basis of both a seasoned and a brand spanking new Jeeper uh, working on a build either way, whether it's their seventh build or their first build which would come first. And and I think there is some room for debate here based on um you know uh, the type of wheeling that you do, the type of terrain and of course your 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 skill level as well. But uh but that being said, I think there's some gray area as well. Chris with sevenslats.com, a great blog by the way. I highly encourage you guys to go check out sevenslats.com. As we all know, Jeeps are iconic for having the seven slats opening in the uh, in the front end of their uh, their grill. No other vehicle has that except for a little bit of a rock sore, but uh, you know that's a sore subject. We're not going to get into too deep of that. But sevenslats.com, go check it out. Great pictures, great content. Chris, what would you have to say about armor winch recovery? Which would come first, regardless of the build? I would. Say, I would agree with everyone and say recovery. I. I know. I, at least the trail rated, as silly as that is, that Jeep started years ago. Uh, if it's trail rated, every Jeep does come with recovery points. Uh, so that's uh, to Travis's point. Like on the YJ, it's there. Next, I would say armor. I did rock rails, just recently did uh, engine um, belly pan skid. And again, All depending good. on the Jeep, it comes with a measure of uh, transfer case, uh, gas tank skid, and then finally a winch um, would be third. Real quick question. Did you have to clock your transfer case to get your belly pan on? 
No, uh, I've got the, uh, I'm not really belly pan, engine uh, engine to transmission <coughs> connects to okay. the uh, cross member. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Uh, there are some belly pans out there that require clocking of the transfer case. That's why I just kind of brought mm -hmm. that up. I know it's kind of a bit of a rabbit trail, uh, a little bit off topic, but nonetheless, I had to uh, specify my curiosity there. Uh, Chris, um, what was the first modification you did to your Jeep? The first modification I did was... Uh, the uh, sway bar quick disconnects was the first real modification I did. So you were actually going after more articulation for the sake of better traction, uh, if nothing yes. else, to keep the keep the rubber on the on the trail uh, to keep that traction where it needed to be uh, versus uh, a recovery point uh, to get yourself out of a situation that that uh, 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 well excessive articulation could have gotten yourself into. Uh, but no, I, I understand, 100% understand. I think it was one of the first few modifications that I did as well was getting rid of or, or uh, you know, doing the quick disconnects on the on the front sway bar uh, for that articulation. If you've ever wheeled, if anybody's ever wheeled a bin off road in a Jeep that isn't disconnected uh, and w meaning that the sway bars, both front and rear are still all hooked up. Uh, you find that the Jeep has virtually no articulation whatsoever. And if you want to know what that looks like, uh, look at a uh, uh, a Jeep Renegade off road, for instance. Uh, virtually no articulation. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so sorry, Renegade owners. It's just just the way the it is. Truth. Well, or, or <laughs> I, I would say it's the unitized chassis because I have my I got my wife a new Grand Cherokee 2020 Grand Cherokee, and I I do the maintenance on that. And it's amazing how stiff that chassis is. It's it's incredible. Really? I just to rotate darned. the rotate the tires. I put the fronts up on jack stands, and I started to go after the rear. And I had it actually uh, teetered on one jack stand, and no. uh, the jack in the back. It was that stiff. <laughs> it's Jeez. incredible. Oh. Wow. See, now I've wheeled with a bunch of guys in ZJs and WJs, different generations of the Grand Cherokee, and and of course these are you know th they're four linked front and rear long arms and stuff and these guys flex out so much I think I've told the story here on the show one time uh, with a WJ that I wheeled with uh, uh, quite a number of times uh, he kept spitting out a, one of his front springs because uh, he lost the spring retainer and his Jeep flexed so much that the that the spring would just fall out of the front end all the time and, and so you know it'd be going up the trail and oh God there's Mooney and he's dropping his spring again here he comes bouncing down the trail. Uh, and, and so it was just one of those things where, so I've never associated a lack of articulation with a Grand Cherokee before. So it's, it's interesting to hear that perspective, but it's a 2020 and I, that's a completely different generation of Jeep. So I, I could see how there might be, uh, you know, some difference there. Well, Mike Zen here is with us as well. Mike, uh, recently, uh, we have found, uh, discovered has, uh, been part of our, uh, crusade in, in infecting the world with our, uh, our diseased rats as, as Tony has put it, uh, Mike, uh, what would you say is uh, is more important in a in a Jeep build early on, armor, winch, or recovery? Um, with the experience that I have now, I think it'll be recovery points and recovery gear, uh, armor, and then winch. Um, being that I'm new, uh, well, this is my first Jeep. Uh, I think uh, as a new uh, Jeeper, they they will first go with the winch. Because, you know, they looks cool. They want to have that winch in case it gets stuck or something. But I think that's what most people will go for first. Um, but, yeah, I think the very important part is those recovery gears, the, the uh, armor, and then the winch. So you said, you know, what what I would say now, uh, based on your experience. Now you, you, so I'm assuming then that uh, maybe a couple of years ago, your opinion might have been different. 
yeah, when when I'm fresh fresh off, not knowing anything about uh, jeeping, um, I think that yeah, my my mind will be on the winch first. Now, uh, just for the sake of uh, discussion, Mike, what was the first modification you did to your jeep? Uh, the um, sway bar disconnects. It's a popular one, isn't it? <laughs> I think, it, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those modifications that's relatively cost effective that produces a massive amount of performance. It's one of those things to where you can spend a little bit of money and get immediate gratification and performance out of the modification that you get or that you're that you're doing. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that you can spend money on your Jeep that doesn't do that. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, to hear that from two different Jeepers here, just in this segment alone, I think is a great cross-section of what a lot of Jeepers are thinking out there and what they what they do as well. Okay, Wendy, now, early on in your guys' Jeep build, which direction did you guys go? Was it armor, winch, or recovery? Well, we already had the recovery points, so that wasn't an, an issue um, so armor was where we kind of started. Was that, was that right? The Jeep came yeah. with the recovery points? Wow. Mm -hmm. that That's not... Well, I thought you guys had a TJ. Or is it a no. JK? No, it's a JK, Rubicon. So we had uh, we had yeah, some yeah, things already. We didn't have to yeah, get the sure sway did. bar disconnects. So, But um, if, I, if I was going to recommend somebody brand new getting a Jeep and they don't have that, I definitely would do the recovery first. I think armor is next, especially the rock sliders. I think that's essential, especially if you're going to wheel in rocks and or major terrain. Um, and then the winch for sure at some point. I, I always stipulate to wheel with other people. So I would look at it as a newbie. Recovery hooks would allow someone else that I'm jeeping with to help me. <laughs> um, but the armor, I think, is super important. I almost went with that first. Because I think you can do damage when you're new and not paying attention to things, but you do need to be able to get pulled out or, you know, somehow get recovered. So I, I'm kind of on the hook. I don't know both ways on right. that, but recovery hooks. Armor, I know. Yeah, that's that's where I come from. A little bit back and forth between recovery hooks and uh, recovery points and, and armor. Now you mentioned uh, a term, major terrain. You don't yeah. necessarily have to be a rock crawler to nope. warrant the need for something like rock rails. Uh, and, and the reason for that is all it takes is a steep, um, you know, a steep route, um, you know, coming over a, a sharp incline, um, you know, even out on the desert uh, and you get, you get a razorback or something like that. Coming over, the, over, over something like that with not enough breakover angle, you can damage something on the Jeep. And then likely it's going to be the body. Uh, if you're in that kind of a situation and the rock rails are going to prevent massive damage uh, early on in the build. And it's one of those very, very important. If, if And again, if we were to rephrase this question as to which armor would you buy first for your Jeep, or <laughs> exactly. which should be, yeah. rock rails would, be, would be the the number one answer the all the way one. down the list with everybody. Uh, yep. And, and you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody with a good argument uh, for, for another answer other than that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there, uh, and for the exact same reasons as well. So, Tony, what about you? Uh, I, I, after knowing you and, and doing this for, for over a decade, I kind of already know your answer, but uh, for, the, for the sake of argument, armor, winter recovery hooks, what's more important for a Jeep build early on, regardless of how uh, seasoned the wheeler is? Well, I always say uh, recovery, and I, I say recovery because uh, not all Jeeps come with recovery on them, like you mentioned the TJs and Certainly, mm -hmm. the uh, XJ uh, didn't come with that. I mean, it's a grocery getter station wagon, for God's sake. So uh, that was uh, that was the first thing that I did was I got some recovery points and uh, on the rear and uh, with a, a custom uh, bumper. But 
I mainly wanted to be able to co- uh, carry a uh, a spare tire, uh, a full size sp- spare tire with my uh, my Cherokee, and of course the thirty hmm. two inch isn't going to fit in the back uh, like the oh, uh, no. the twenty seven, twenty nine, whatever it is that came with uh, the with the Cherokee. So mm-hmm. uh, I went with that. Now the the front bumper would have been great for tow points and would have been a hell of a lot sexier than the rear. But uh, <laughs> I went with the rear uh, armored bumper with uh, with tow points first. And then, of course, the rest is history with uh, toe points oh, all yeah. around and uh, all kinds of stuff. But uh, armor certainly is a is an important thing. I mean, I actually damaged a rocker because the guy said, "No, come on out. There's no tree stumps or anything that you're going <laughs> to damage your 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 beloved Cherokee on." And Famous last word. It won't cause any yeah. problem. You don't. No, I'm waiting until I get some oh. sliders. I'm waiting. No, come on yeah. out. All right. And I found the only submerged stump out there of course so i didn't do anything until i got uh, sliders uh, on there and i've got some badass sliders on there now i really like so i i fully understand the idea behind uh getting some uh, uh some basic armor and i, and I think rock sliders are, are really basic armor that you need uh although i think uh like in your case josh you actually decided to go wheeling without a uh, a skid place for, for your transfer case and yes, you, and yes it, I was playing in the rocks unprotected. Same thing, Ooh. you know. What's the what's the odds that that's gonna? Yeah, it's right? directly related to how much uh, uh, armor. Been you on have. this trail a hundred times before. <laughs> I played in rocks that's, bigger than this. What's the worst uh-huh. that could happen? Yeah, yeah. So, so never discount the basic the basics mm-hmm. for armor, and uh, I, I certainly think rocker protection. But even more more importantly, the transfer case really because I mean that's a that's a game stopper if you uh, if you crack a a transfer case. Now I, I'm going to say this: that that all this being said, and I and I'm going to agree with with everybody who said you know, you know, recovery points are are probably the most important thing. I, I'm going to say this: that being said, if there is a deal of a lifetime sitting in front of you, you have to get it. <laughs> yeah. I got a yes. gas tank skid plate for five dollars off of Craigslist. Oh, I'm great. not kidding yes. you. I'm not kidding you. This is an oh. OEM steel, you know, factory gas tank skid plate they didn't know what they had they were parting out a, a wrecked vehicle here you know it was five dollars you know first come first serve and josh I, is I vibrating like three <laughs> hours after the, the ad had been posted i'll be there in 10 minutes and, yeah. and it was just one of those things to where and I, I i think i had just gotten the jeep i i mean i don't even know if i had done a modification to it yet but i knew Boy, this is one of those out. things that yeah, yeah that th- there's no way I'm going to be able to find anything else even remotely close to this for that kind of a price. So I have to, I can't afford not to buy this at this point in time. And and I've I've jumped on these kind of a deals on on those kinds of deals many many times over the over my Jeep's life. And and yes, sometimes those things will sit around for years before they find a use on the Jeep. But that being said, you're still not going to find a better deal. So get it while the getting's good. Well, I can't thank all of our listeners who participated tonight enough. Christopher, Bob, Chip, Larry, Travis, Chris, and Mike. And uh, no thanks to Greg, who did not have a note from his mom for tonight. And, uh, of course, if you want to join in on the Campfire Side Chat, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is follow us on Facebook, or you can receive notifications via our newsletter. Both of those avenues will give you the information that you need to join in on the show and have some fun with us live as we record the show each and every week. It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter, by the way. All you have to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up, and it's just as easy to unsubscribe 
as it is to subscribe, so we highly encourage you to do that. We're not going to spam you. You will literally see less than one email a week from us. That's yeah. what the average is going and, for. Right? And sometimes less. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure you've liked us and friended us on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show may induce uncontrollable bouts of laughter or groaning. Be advised, listening to the Jeep Talk Show on public transportation or in the office or around anybody whatsoever is not recommended. Podcasting since 2010.